Lights, camera Lights, action. camera action. Welcome to the month of movies for the March. Nope. For August 2020. Is it seriously for August? For August. This That month. My, my sheet actually says 08 August. I can't believe it's September already. This is nuts. I know. Um, I was like trying to figure it out. I'm like, the year's almost. I'm like, I was at work yesterday and I was like, September. Oh, God. September 11th. like right around the corner. Yeah. It's the the year is two thirds over. That's so mm-hmm. crazy. I mean, we're um, towards the end of the alphabet here. Yeah, we're yeah. That good segue. Uh, so for this month or this year, for uh, month of movies, we are doing the alphabet. So for August, we had the letters O and P. O and P. Overpower. Oh God, we did. We did have an overpower. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, so this year we're going through the alphabet, uh, be two letters per month or, and then we'll fudge it later. Toward the um, end, it'll be different because those are harder letters. Yeah. And, and also there's 26 letters and there's only 26, 24, uh, you know, months if you do two letters at a time. And then also whatever months or movies you watch during the month. I can't And talk. then our pre-review movie at the end. That's true. Where we, we judge a movie by its, we review a movie by its cover. Yeah. We should, we should really like start <laughs> like we should really review it where we say this is what it's about and then give it a rating before we watch it and then see if that we're would right. be we should maybe we'll do that next year yeah yeah <laughs> we'll just call it judging the movie by its cover or yeah. something um movie judge uh judge my movie judge my movie all right so for o for the letter o um I picked the movie Onibaba. Now this Which is means Devil Woman. Devil Woman. Devil Woman. Woman. Um, I know Oni is Devil. Yeah, it's I guess Baba means Woman. Actually, technically Oni is Demon. So it's Demon Woman. Yeah. Um, this is one of those movies I, I I saw a while back that interests me because the cover of that mask is so creepy looking. Yeah, and uh, and it's a Criterion Collection movie, so I was like, "All right, this can't be bad if it, it's a Criterion Collection." Um, but the movie takes place. Oh boy, I don't even know what era it is. I, I, well, it's during the war. Well, but what war? Yeah, I think it was a civil war of some sort. I, yeah, um, they, they mentioned Kyoto, which was the. I, I think it's like during some sort of Japanese embassy type fighting. I, I want to say like the twelve hundreds. Or something, or 1300s. I'm probably way wrong with that. But, um... It just says Feudal Japan. Feudal Japan. That that should answer your questions, everybody. Uh, um, well, the movie came out in 1964. Yeah. Uh, but but it's old. Feudal Japan the story is, older is uh, characterized uh, from the... 14th century. Well, it says Medieval Japan uh, with its feudal well, structures. The story... The uh, synopsis says, in the 14th century, during the Civil War in Japan, a middle-aged woman and her daughter-in-law survive in a hut in a field of reeds, killing warriors and soldiers to trade their possessions for food. So I was right when I said 13, 1400s. 1300s, I mean. Yeah. 1300s, damn good. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of the plot of the movie. The, the, it's, it's hard out there, so they're, like, they're basically killing samurai and... 
um, <laughs> and selling, steal selling their, their armor, yeah, stealing their armor and, and uh, swords they can sell it for basically like just food to survive. Um, but then one of their uh, their neighbors comes home from war, and uh, and the guys like all hitting on the main do- the main lady's daughter. Which that's her daughter-in-law. Yeah, sorry, because the daughter-in-law. the lady's married to her 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 son. Yeah, the mom. Her sons died in the war. Yeah, but they're still hanging out together. Cause... Yeah. But, yeah, because the, the guy that shows up is the neighbor, but he went to war with her son, and now the mm-hmm. dude is like hitting on the lady's da- uh, daughter-in-law, which is basically his friend's ex-wife or wife once removed or whatever the hell it's called, widowed wife, <laughs> widowed wife. Um, but yeah, and the mother is not happy with it. No, she's not. Um, but boy, was this a slow movie? Yeah, it was. Um, I went to very repetitive. Yeah, I went to it. It didn't feel like a lot got done in the first hour, hour, 15 minutes. Like, it was just basically what we just said and then mm-hmm. stretched out over because, and over. Yeah. The dude was like, Oh, we gotta do that. I, I, like, I, I like the girl. And then they run off together and then they come back and she's like, I know what you're doing at night and stuff. Um, and I was like, did I mistake this? This is supposed to be a horror movie, right? And then it's, it's not a horror in the aspect of it's scary. It's horror in the fact that it has supernatural elements to it. Eventually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which was pretty cool like unfortunately yeah, the, the movie mask. the best part of the movie was like the last 15 minutes <laughs> yep i agree with that statement um cuz i was really hoping that that masked samurai was going to show up a lot earlier in the film than it did mhm um and yeah the guy is on the i think is on the cover yeah the mask is on the mask that is on every version of the cover whether it's like hand drawn or from the movie or whatever. Um, not much else to say about this. I don't think unless you have something. I do not. Okay. Yeah. You pretty much covered it. Um, yeah. The best parts was toward the end, which was the payoff to the story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a lot of repetitive of them trying to get food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, I unfortunately didn't care for this too much. I gave it a five. I gave, I gave Oni Baba a five and a half. I gave it a six. Okay. Because it did have moments that I liked, but yeah, overall. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there were portions of it I liked. Uh, I don't know. I like, especially this movie worked really well in black and white. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the demon stuff was cool. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so I gave Onibaba a 6 out okay. of 10. Um, and then the movie I picked, uh, taking place in a different war, <laughs> a movie called Overlord. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a J.J. Abrams-type movie. And I remember when it was coming out, everyone's like, oh, is this the secret Cloverfield movie? Yeah, a lot of people third? thought it was part of the Cloverfield world. Because then Paradox came out, and they're like, no, that's the, that's yeah. the third movie. This is... Like, oh, they should turn this into it, but whatever. This one is also one of those movies that had a lot of buildup, and then most of the great stuff was at the end. Yes. Like, the stuff they showed in the trailers that 
kind of would be a spoiler um, because it was the end of the movie. Because the first chunk of this movie is like straight up war movie. Yeah. But the war stuff looked really cool. Yeah. Like it was done. I mean, it was a really good war movie. Yeah. And then like the second part, maybe last third of the movie was like supernatural type. Like we're doing experiments and making super soldiers and zombie type stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, So like if you went in the movie, not knowing that you're just like, this is an awesome war movie. And then just like, what is happening? Like it would be an amazing. It's when I saw the trailer for it, like when it came out, um, I remember the very opening part where they're on the airplane. They're kind of looking out the window and you just see all those airplanes flying. I remember mm-hmm. how large and real that, that looked and felt. Mm-hmm. And that's like the part I really, I'm not a huge war person war war movie yeah, or war in general stuff. So people are like, no, I think that this movie Dunkirk was the Dunkirk best is movie. better. Or Stephen Private Ryan. I'm like, okay, those are probably, but those are probably fine or better horror mo- or war movies. But I'm like what I like in a war movie is I'm not a huge war movie person, so like this hit my push my buttons, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you could definitely feel for the characters in this movie, and you definitely did not feel safe being like along for the ride. Like you would not feel safe anywhere these people were um, during the war, and I thought they did a phenomenal job of that of the uncertainty of the war, mm-hmm. and you know you got to keep it down and blah blah blah. And, you know, a couple of those characters are kind of dingbats, but um, yeah, I thought it was interesting. Like, this was like some of those scenes are way over the top. Like, oh yeah. my god, that's disgusting. Um, but yeah, it was an entertaining film. Um, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it. Like, it's really... it was good. Yeah, but I'm like, I. Uh, I don't know if I'd watch it again, yeah, but I definitely recommend it to people. Um, because yeah, it was a very well-made movie, and I yeah the first the opening scene where they're on the plane and stuff, and then you see all the other planes in the skies getting shot down and stuff. You're like, oh shit! Yeah, um, they're just sitting ducks up there. Um, that scene was cool, and then yeah, toward the end, the crazy, super, super. I don't know what you want to call it. I don't want to say supernatural, but like the scientific yeah, the sci-fi sci-fi part. Yeah. Sci-fi part. That's probably the best way to say it. Um, I gave overlord a seven and a half. Okay. I it was gave... really good, but I don't, um, I don't know. I gave overlord a seven. So yeah, I'm okay. I'm right, all right. So I did give it higher than you, but yeah. I'm like, I feel like I'm giving it low, but I don't know. It's not a movie I would like run out and go see. Yeah, I enjoyed it, but I wouldn't. I feel like I wouldn't recommend it to anyone because I don't think they'd. I would like it the same way I did. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I mean, I would recommend it to people, but only people I think would enjoy it. Yeah. Um, like specific group of people type thing, not like, hey, you should check this movie out. I'm like, what the hell did you make me watch? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, it was one of those Black Friday deals I picked up, and I got my money's worth. That's good. I'll let you do your pee first because I'll probably go right yeah. into the whole. I uh, actually, what is it? I anthology. Actually, I don't know what an- five movies anthology. is. Anthology. Yeah, it'd be cool. anthology. Um, 
I like it's over three. Yeah, it's uh, it's quadrilogy if it's four, but also after a trilogy, you can just start calling it an anthology. I think. I think it's the rules. Okay. I was saying five is like penta, pentology. I think it's quintology. I think. Is it? I don't know. I think. I don't, I don't know. know. I was just thinking pentagram is six or five. Yeah. But oh no, com- pentagram. But if you're counting things, it's like the the duo, the tr- triple or the trace, quattro, right. quint quintuplet. Uh, I don't know. I don't it doesn't know. matter. Anthology. <laughs> uh, That's the, why they just say anthology. <laughs> the P the P movie I watched. I already forgot what I watched because I I was thinking of Poughkeepsie Power tapes. <laughs> but yeah, I watched Power Rangers, the 2017 movie, 16. Yep, 2017. 2017, the most. The I have a column now that says what movie, what year they came out. Yeah, so then, I should really, in case they remake it or have the same title, yeah, I know I which version really I saw. Really do that because I'm like I've. I have so I did it with thing. all of them. It took me forever because I went through the last six years. Yeah, I yeah no, I, I'm like like I have I have my spreadsheet and it says it. I'm like which one was that again? And then the thing. I'm like which one? <laughs> yeah, I mean I did it with some of them. I just said like. In the title column, I would put in parentheses. Yeah. But then I'm like, screw it. I'm doing an own, its own column. Yeah. So now I just have to make sure I write down the year when I watch a movie, what year it came out. But, yeah, Power Rangers. I so Power um, Rangers. This is the remake they made a couple of years back. I never really watched the Power Rangers show. Um, I remember when the show came out, we were doing the paper routes. You're probably like nine I or was ten. Fourth grade, fifth grade, somewhere around there. Because I had to be 12 in order to get the paper out. Yeah. And I remember the first episode came on. It was like the world premiere or whatever. While we were like rubber banding the papers or putting me in bags or whatever it was. And I remember watching the show going, is this real? <laughs> is this supposed to be hokey? I don't like this is terrible. <laughs> so I definitely wasn't one of those people that was on the Power Rangers bandwagon that has been reinvented multiple years. Um, much like the Ninja Turtles has, but I have been on that bandwagon. Um, wow, I did not. So yeah, the show, the show, I wasn't a huge fan of either. I did not know, uh, but I know of it. I guess I thought it was earlier than that because '93 it came out. Yeah, it sounds about right because I I was twelve. Yeah, because I had to be twelve to get the paper out. That was the youngest I could be. Um. So yeah, you would have been like yeah. Like ten, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, wow. Because it was in the summer, yeah. But yeah, continue with your Power Ranger. Oh, anyways, wait, um, is it just the one Ranger? What do you mean? I just wrote down Power Ranger oh. as if there's just one of them. No, there's a whole bunch. Jason. Wait, I call them Powers Ranger. Oh my god! You, you've been drinking. I've been watching a different movie than you. Um, Who was right on that page? <laughs> Powers Ranger. Oh my god. I was thinking of Powers Comics. So, anyways, uh, but, but I got this movie like during a movie exchange. Otherwise, I wouldn't have grabbed it. I wouldn't have watched it if I didn't have it. So, I'm like, since I have it, I might as well watch it for the P movie since that's a P movie ahead that I haven't watched since I got it. Um, I agree. And neither of us saw it. But. Power Rangers, in case you don't know anything about Power Rangers, they're these people that get these powers that turn them into Rangers. The end. 
uh, there's like the, this villain called uh, oh god, what was her name? Rita Rita, Rita Repulsa. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say it was uh, alliteration. Yeah, uh, this evil person Rita who wants all this power to like take over the world or universe and whatever. And um, there's these like coin things that people get that have powers that unlock the ranger within, so they can use robots to fight, and uh, they're are better at fighting, they're stronger, and all sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So a whole bunch of kids stumble across the cave that's been hidden for years. Um, they find the coins, and uh, and then most of the movie is them training to become Power Rangers. Like, it's so weird. Well, it was like a lot of them being introduced to each other, too, for yeah. the first time. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So it was like a group of kids come together that would normally not come together and then train and be terrible at it. Yeah. Um, but the weird part is I was really enjoying the movie up until that point. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, Oh, this is actually I, pretty yeah. good. The start of the movie I was enjoying. I'm like, this is really good. I remember, um, actually being really shocked going, wow, this is a good start to a movie. And you've, you've got my attention. Yeah. I want to see where this goes. It's like, it's just like sort of, sort of like a weird high school drama type thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's like the breakfast club. Yeah. Once they uh, once they find the coins, like, and they start, you know, doing stuff. I'm like, okay, but once they started training, that's when I started getting annoyed. I'm like, yep, this is a family movie. Okay, um, because they're like, whoa, I hate I hate in things when people discover their powers. Like, whoa, this is really cool. What's going on? Type thing, and yep. that definitely happened in this movie. Yep. Um, How'd you do that? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so they train and stuff, and then eventually, by the time uh, the movie is almost over, that's when they finally start fighting the villain. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, oh. but she was she was literally creepy as hell and scary at the beginning of the movie. Like as she's like going to the you know like oh. killing all these people. Yeah, she's and like you don't hear much about it except like the news stories on the TV. Yeah, when she was like all like dehydrated and just like mummy-ish. I need your gold. <laughs> like, I mean, I know Goldar, the, the one of the main villains, he looked very different from the uh, from the show, but I thought he looked kind of cool in this movie. That's I was fine with that. So, my biggest complaint with this movie is I feel like, hey, we're making a blockbuster movie. Let's try to make them look different and up the styles. Yeah. And like, the robots look like they're just trying to be rip-off Transformer movie. Like, not the good, like, you know, the Michael Bay Transformers where, like, I had a hard time telling, wait, that is supposed to be a Sabretooth, isn't it? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I couldn't tell what creatures were which because they had all those stupid pipes and stuff. They were very um, blocky. I couldn't I couldn't, I couldn't, tell what was going on. Yeah. And then I also thought the, the costumes looked really bad. Yeah. Like, their Power Ranger outfits. Um. I don't know why they try like I don't know why they couldn't have just made it like the cartoons but made the colors darker and shinier or something instead yeah. of like reinventing the entire costume. Yeah. Um same with the robots. Like I would have loved to seen the TV show version like more realistic so it looked like, mm-hmm. you know, a truck but in the shape of a mastodon or whatever it was. Yeah. Um but I was just like this is it just reminds me of, like the Michael Bay stuff with the Transformers and the Ninja Turtles and all this shit. Like, why do you have to make them look so dumb? 
Yeah. That was my biggest complaint with the movie. Um, uh, that they looked dumb. But the the funny thing is, uh, the in the movie The Red Ranger, uh, I was like, I could not stop seeing the character from Stranger Things. <laughs> and yeah, and then I was I mentioned before we started the pod the episode, but um, I was watching the Scream TV show, and uh, um, oh god, is he Billy? Is it Billy? The I think so. The Blue Ranger. He's the main character in season three of Scream. I was like, that's why he looks familiar. <laughs> yeah, it's Billy. Yeah. Billy Blue Ranger. I, re- I realized um, the Red Ranger, his character is named Jason Scott. Is it? Yeah. His last name is Scott. His first name is Jason. I'm like, how have we not realized this all these years? Has it, Was that what their names were in the show, too? I think so. Cause I, remember, I, remember, <laughs> I remember it being Jason. But um, let's see. Did you also find it weird that it was Bill Hader as the voice of the robot? Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't. Uh, um, I couldn't. I couldn't point it out. Like I was. I knew it was Bill Hader, but I just couldn't. I don't know. The Brian Cranston as Zordon. Yeah, which is funny because Billy Cranston is the name of the uh, Blue Ranger. It's so weird. And of course, Elizabeth Banks is Rita Repulsa. Why can't I? It find is Scott. Well, the cast just says their first names, but David plays Sam Scott, which I'm guessing is his dad. Yeah. Yeah. The show, uh, Jason Lee Scott. Jason Lee. Yeah, yeah. And then, if you like this? You should watch Ninja Turtles: Out of the Shadows. And, they, and the guy who played uh, the guy who played the Black Ranger in some of the episodes, Johnny Young Bosch. That's that's my that's my good old buddy. It's, uh, he's he does a lot of voice acting. He's uh, Vash, oh, Vash from Trigon, Trigon, and he's oh, okay from uh, Akira oh, yeah, and right. stuff. And yeah. <laughs> but anyways, would you give uh, would you give Paul Rangers? <laughs> I gave it a seven and a half. I thought it was entertaining. Um, at least a good chunk of it was entertaining. Yeah, the fight scenes, like, I don't know, they do this with all the movies where they got to fight the major villain and, like, they're totally not ready, but yeah. somehow they still win. They have to do it. Like, that's yeah. <laughs> how, like, most superhero movies are, too. It's like, you just got these. There's no way you're ready in yeah. time. But, but that's, okay. Like, that's their main villain, which they can fight on their first day on the job. But mm-hmm. yeah, I uh, I gave Power Rangers a seven. So so far for the first three movies, I'm a half a point behind you in each one. <laughs> <laughs> and I probably gave this next movie a higher point than you too. Maybe, um, probably. So I watched the original Planet of the Apes movie, and then I watched like, like the whole anthology. So I'll go through them. Um, but we'll talk about the first movie here first, yeah. and then I'll go into the others. Because once I go into the others, I gotta ruin, uh, ruin some of it, spoil it. Um, so the first Planet of the Apes movie, the Charlton Heston. I enjoyed this movie a lot more than I thought I was going to. Um, so basically, there's a spaceship from Earth that's going, and they're traveling through space, like through time. And then they're going to try to see what the future 
I don't remember the I, exact I think purpose of it. I think they're on a trip, um, or like a round trip in space, but they're going into cryogenic mm-hmm. freezing because mm-hmm. it's going to take a long time. So the cryogenic freezer, uh, this would be like 200 years, basically, if I believe right. Yeah, so yeah, so they, they leave Earth, and then uh, they're supposed to be returning to Earth, and then there's a, something malfunction with the ship, and uh, they crash land on this planet which looks like a giant desert. So they're trying to find food and fresh water and all that stuff. And they come across these apes that are humanoid and they're talking and stuff like that. Um, and I know at least, well, one of their crew died on the ship because the, the, their the chamber wo- yeah, the cracked. Woman, the woman got her cracked chamber. Um, and then one of the car- one of the other ones got killed in when they got kidnapped. And then Charlton Heston had his throat slashed, but he survived. But he couldn't talk, so they didn't know he could speak, because on this planet, Earthlings don't speak. Mm-hmm. They're basically the form of apes on our world. So it's like a role reversal. And then, um, I don't know, I just found it entertaining, them trying to comprehend, like, what? You know, you can talk? I don't understand. And, you know, just the grasping of that stuff. Yeah. Um, I... Overall, like watch it. I was watching it like with an open mind because I already know how it ended. Because mm-hmm. that's like the most iconic thing is like the last scene of the movie. Um, but I was watching it with an open mind and I was enjoying it a lot because I was like, yeah, this is kind of how you know it would interactions between stuff like this would happen. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. What did you think? Um, I for what this came out in the late sixties. This came the first one was sixty seven. Okay, the rest of the series came out in like the early seventies. Okay, so for back then, I was actually really amazed at how good the costumes looked. <laughs> they like, get worse as the series goes. Because like yes, like the 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 jaws. Because the mouse are yeah yeah like. And they must have done a lot of VO work because, like, I couldn't imagine them sounding normal by talking with those masks on. Like, just, they probably like, hey, right. let's go over there. But the, the voice is like, hey, guys, we got to figure out what's in these cages, you know? It, like, it yeah, was actually really the later clear. movies, it's like they're wearing a rubber mask and the mouth doesn't open all the way. Oh. And it does sound like they're talking, like, through a mask. Oh, that sucks. Because, like, yeah, that, that, like, blew me away. I'm like, well, these costumes are really damn good. Um, yeah, but like you said, I tried watching it not knowing anything. I'm like there might be some hidden surprises here and there, but pretty much everything I knew about the movie, this is what the movie was, and it didn't develop as much as I was hoping it would, which kind yeah. of made me think I should watch the other ones because I did, you know, uh, you you let me all of them, but I haven't. <laughs> I watched the first one, but I haven't watched the other ones yet, and but I don't know if I'll enjoy <laughs> the other ones. I don't think you will. Yeah, because I, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I like the first one. Just like, it's basically a fish out of water type story. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I thought it was an interesting concept. Like, at the time, nothing probably has been done like this. No. And now it's been like rehashed and stuff like that. But I don't know. I just thought it was an interesting concept. Like as a standalone story. Like, um, they're stuck on this planet. 
they're you know there's no way they're going to get home. Um, they kind of have to adapt, but they're being hunted at every every option. And yeah. Now remember though, I watched I before I watched Planet of the Apes. I pretty much watched uh, the entire first season and uh, first series of Twilight Zone. So I watched like five seasons of weird stuff <laughs> happening on other planets yeah. so by this point it just felt like a really really yeah i was long... gonna say it's just a super long twilight zone <laughs> it really was <laughs> so I yeah i gave the original planet of the apes from 1967 i gave it an eight wow yeah uh, i liked it a lot i gave the planet of the apes i gave it a six and a half okay so i'm gonna talk about the other four movies okay but i'm saying i'm gonna spoil them because yeah this okay so i didn't know much about planet of the apes except you know the first one like oh it's earth the whole time blah 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 um what i do know about the planet of the apes though uh quite a bit of it is from mystery science theater 3000 yes so (laughs) season 10 or season 8 so um like the first one i thought it was like okay it's somewhat believable. Like this could happen. Um, you know, there, I think it was 4,000 years into the future. They went I thought it was or like something 20, like that. 30. Was it, I thought it was like 2300 or 2500 or something. I'll take a look. Yeah. It might, it might be like closer to 2000. Um, which is still not, not anywhere right. near long enough to have that evolution. So at the end of the first movie, he like leaves and Dr. Zayas and stuff let him go. And then he finds the Statue of Liberty. The second movie starts at the end of the first movie where he's like, you just let him go, blah, blah, blah. And like the whole conversation he had at the end of the movie, the first one, is how the second one started. And then he's like goes off and you're like, okay, this is kind of cool. So it's like picks up right where it left off. Then it cuts to a bunch of astronauts in a spaceship coming out of the water. And they're like, yeah, we were the, we we're the spaceship that was following the other spaceship from the first movie. I'm like, wait, so now you're just throwing a second spaceship in here. So they have like new, new humans on this planet. And then you follow the main guy from that ship and he's going into the town. Like he runs into the girl who is with Charlton Heston's character. Mm hmm. And you're like, oh, you got do if you find anybody, you know, bring them to those two apes that were helping them and stuff like that. So then it's like, okay, so that's like this is feeling like the first movie, but fast forwarded. Yeah, because <laughs> he goes into the village, finds like, oh, you know, gets safe haven from the two people and stuff like that. And I'm like, what the hell? So now we're just following this guy instead because there's just happens to be a second spaceship hmm. that was following and they happened to land at the exact same year. Um, when, if you remember in the first one, they're crashing, you're seeing the time like going out of crazy. I'm like, mm-hmm. I have a hard time believing that a second ship would be in the exact same year, let alone a day or two difference. Um, but anyway, so he does that and they're like, oh yeah, there's ancient um, civilization at the dig site and stuff like that. So they go and they find this underground system of tunnels and there's humans down there that have telepathic powers. And I'm just like, 
okay, so now I have to believe that this is happening. Like, we haven't seen humans in forever. And now, I mean, like, that could talk or whatever. And they just happen to be there the whole time. And they have this bomb that they're worshiping as a god, which mm-hmm. I'm guessing is the reference you're talking with, Mr. Yeah. Science Theater. Um, and then there's, like, the gorillas show up and they start fighting with the evolved humans or whatever you want to call them. Uh, who use telepathic powers and shit like that. And the movie ends with them detonating the bomb and the earth blows up. Oh, boy. And I'm just like, what did I just watch? What did I just watch? There's three more movies. (laughs) Which one is this? The uh... This one is called Beneath the Planet of the Apes because it's the humanoid... The humanoid race underneath the ground that are worshiping this bomb mm-hmm. that's uh, Alpha Omega, I think is the name of the, the bomb, the doomsday device. Um, I gave Beneath the Planet of the Apes a seven. Okay. Um, and then the third movie, I was like, where are they going to go from here? Um, so Escape from the Planet of the Apes is the third movie. And it starts with another beginning film where there's a spaceship in the water and uh, there's a whole bunch of humans and stuff. They're like, oh, my gosh, the astronauts are back. And they open it up and like uh, humanoids come out of the spaceship and they're wearing like the full astronaut apparel and they take the helmets off and they're apes. We are back in 1971. Mm. Apparently... Right before the bomb blew up, the two apes that helped Charlton Heston got into a spaceship and somehow went back in time. Oh. And they're like, we saw the world blow up. Okay. So now we are kind of reenacting the first movie, except everyone's humans, and now the apes are the weird ones. Okay. So it's like a role reversal of the first movie. Or, or the normal version for us. Right. So I'm like, okay, so the third movie, they're just like, hey, you know how you watched the first movie and you liked it because you're like, oh, wow. You know, it's like, what would happen if that happened? Like, role reverse. Now, here's the third movie. We do that. Okay. Um, and then, like, they're starting to treat them like royalty and stuff because they're like, holy crap, these apes, they can talk and do stuff and not just mimic. So... Um, they're living the high life and stuff, but then they find out that they're from our future and we know that the world gets destroyed because of them. And we find out that humanoids are non-existent and we are responsible for the apes taking over the world and stuff like this. And like, we can't let that be our future. We can't let the apes take over. So then they're like all against like the government officials want to kill them to stop the chance of apes taking over the earth and um, stuff like that. And then you find out that the female ape is pregnant and she's going to have a baby and they're like, oh, crap, we can't let them reproduce because then they're going to like escalate this and we're going to be taken by apes earlier so then the movie ends with Escape from the Planet of the Apes where the two apes get killed 
but they protect the baby and the baby goes into the circus and the <laughs> circus guys taking care of the animal of the creature. So then the, Oh, escape from the planet of the apes. I gave a six and a half. Okay. Um, conquest of the planet of the apes. I see a pattern here is, uh, the baby growing up. Yep. Um, baby is growing up and, um, it like fast forwards a little bit because it's like 20 years later or whatever because he's an adult and they're talking about how there was some weird disease that killed all the cats and dogs of the world so now people are having apes and monkeys as their pets and you can train them to do normal jobs so they have them as like little servants and stuff and because this ape that was born from two intelligent apes. He can talk and be just like the planet of the apes, which I don't understand how, because he hasn't been raised that way. Um, and then you're seeing like the slowly evolution of apes becoming smarter and stuff like that. And that's the, the fourth movie conquest of the planet of the apes. And then the fifth movie, would you give Oh, conquest? One? I gave a six. Okay. And then Battle for the Planet of the Apes is the fifth movie. And it takes place where we have full-out war between the humans and the apes. Uh, where apes are now intelligent, like, in a span of a couple years from the previous movie. Um, and taking over and fighting the humans. And, yeah, full-out battle for the planet. Um, that one I gave a seven and a half. So that one's better than the previous ones. But it was just like the second one. I'm like, what is happening? I was so confused. Um, so that's the five movies. I was expecting like all of these to take place in the future and not to go back in time and basically be de- become the dawn of the planet of the apes prequel trilogy. So the monkeys only exist in their own time loop. Right. Yeah, pretty much. It's very confusing. Especially since you're talking about 2,000 years difference, like, and how in 20 years, like, all this shit happened. I don't know. It was just interesting. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, the the remake prequels that they did with the Rise of the Planet of the Apes and stuff. Those... I think it was Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Um, those were, like, the prequels on how the apes became intelligent. But it was doing nod to the original anthology uh-huh. because some of the characters were named the same as they were in this movie. Yeah. Uh, but in that, in the original, in the prequel, whatever you want to call it, uh, prequel trilogy, the they were working on some kind of medicine for dementia. I think it was. Mm-hmm. And they're doing tests on monkeys and the monkeys were becoming smart. But the side effect was the humans were getting dumber. Okay. And that was the escalation of the, which makes more sense than just this monkey from the future <laughs> thing. Yeah. I, this is the only, the first one is the only Planet of the Apes movie I've ever seen. I haven't seen any of the other ones. I watched the original, the, the Tim Burton one, or the uh, or the, yeah. the the new three. I ones. saw the Tim Burton one. The Tim Burton one was shit. 
It was a remake of this one, but just dumb. Um, and then I watched the prequel Leave trilogy, yeah. which was decent. I mean, it's a lot of action packed. Um, like the first one in that one, I thought was really good because it was like the. I think that one's the dawn. So it was like the start of like the science and stuff like that. And then it just became the other two were just fighting and battling between the two groups. Yeah. So quick, uh, what run down the, the scores again? Cause I don't know if he gave the okay. last one. So plan of the, okay. So the first one was eight. Second one was seven and then six and a half, six and then seven and a half. Okay. So it, in my eyes, the first one was the best. Then the, the fifth one, Battle for the Planet, was the second best. And then it went two, three, four. Um, yeah. I enjoyed watching the first one. And then it was a fun, interesting dr- ride down. Because, yeah, like, um, Escape from the Planet of the Apes took place in the 70s. Mm-hmm. So then Conquest took place in the 90s, which was shot in the 70s. So it was the 70s version of the 90s, um, which was entertaining because they were recording stuff on cassette tape. Uh, And it was video. So it was like a video cassette tape, um, which I guess is basically what beta was. But anyway, um, yeah, so then like basically I think Battle of the Planet of the Apes is – pretty current times then yeah so that would be happening now ish or maybe 20 years ago all right well, yeah that's the planet of the apes well since you ran anthology. through since you ran through a whole anthology of mammal type humanoids i'm going to do the same thing so gremlins a couple months ago i watched the howling and then the howling two and three well i picked back up <laughs> Uh, so I'm going to go over, explain to you the howling for quote, the original nightmare. That's the, the original name nightmare. Yeah. So I started watching it and I thought they were just rebooting the first movie because it starts with a woman who starts having a mental breakdown because she witnesses a murder. Um, this is a direct video. Yeah. I think all of them were, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, she like witnesses a murder or something, and it's but it's someone who's like a vampire, and she, she thinks she's crazy. So then she, uh, everyone's like, "Whoa, you're crazy! You should spend some take some time off." And I think she's an author. I think. Um, but What's going on with these outfits? So she, her, her and her husband, her. Uh, go up north to this cabin and decide to stay in this cabin, and uh, just kind of hang out there while she kind of just decompresses and stuff. But then she keeps mentioning how she keeps hearing these howling, this howling. She keeps hearing in the middle of the night. And I was like, no, she keeps calling it howling. Yeah. She's like, it's like, she's like, Oh, I hear these howls. howls." She said like four times. Yeah. Probably more than four, but like, no, there's no animals around here. So they go, okay. Turns out there was werewolves. Uh, Surprise. These movies what? are werewolves in a werewolf movie. Yeah, I know. Uh, I don't remember much more from this movie. It was the probably, I mean, so far out of the first four, it was the most boring. Um, 
and I, that's a lot to say because the second one was fucking batshit crazy. The third one just kind of you just kind of gave up watching. This one was just like, God damn! I didn't realize there's this many. Yeah, there's there's eight of them. Jesus. Technically, and they're making a ninth one. They're rebooting it for Netflix. So there you go. Maybe it'll be good though. It has some decent names tied to it, so hope fingers crossed. So Howling Four, the original Nightmare, I gave it a four and a half. Oh, you gave it a higher score than IMDb. They gave it a three and a half. Yeah. Uh, which jumps me on to The Howling Five, The Rebirth. The Rebirth. Now, These costumes are werewolves look ridiculous. They, they just gave up after the first one. Their budgets were probably $2,000, and most of that was probably just for sets. Um, so The Howling Five, The Rebirth, uh, it's... Again, some famous. I think she's a famous movie actress, whatever. But um, they're, they're, uh, there's this bus that's like taking this tour, and they stop at this castle, and they there's. But while at the castle, like the someone breaks the bus, they're like, "Well, we're trapped here." But then there's a werewolf that's going around killing people throughout the castle, and everyone's like trying to figure out, "Oh, the werewolf must be one of us." So they're trying. Everyone's trying to guess who the werewolf is. And then people just keep getting murdered. Uh, it's a real whodunit of werewolves. But again, kind of boring. So uh, I'm giving this one a five and a half. I gave Howling Five the rebirth of five and a half. What did IMDb say? Four and a half. Okay. I, I guess I'm one step ahead of them. Yeah. Then jump up to Howling Six The Freaks. <laughs> now, this one. This one probably had the strongest story since number one. <laughs> but at the same time, <clears throat> it was weird. Um, so, Carnival? So yeah, so this this dude shows up to town. And he's like, hey, I'm British. Uh, I need a job. I have no money. So this guy's like, yeah, I'll let you work at my church if you help me rebuild this church. And I'll give you room and board. He's like, all right, cool. But then this carnival comes to town and they are like showing off like the alligator boy and this and this and this. But uh, then they realize that the this character, the British dude, is a werewolf. So they capture him for they capture him for the the carnival to like to show off the werewolf skills that he has. The werewolf skills. <laughs> but then the end of this movie is so fucking like I want to explain what happens but also i don't want to ruin it but i think me explaining it will make someone kind of want to see it because at the end of the movie you realize the dude that's running the carnival is a vampire so well that, of course they gotta bring vampires in somehow so at the end of the movie there's like a vampire werewolf fight and the the vampire they're really low budget the vampire looks almost like a, a knockoff version of wishmaster if that makes any sense and he's like purple i think i saw a picture of it yeah so yeah it's you know i'm is changing, he blue he's like a purplish bluish color yeah i'm gonna change my score because that one is nuts i'm gonna i had it as five and a half i'm gonna knock it up to six holy shit um and then there's howling seven like new moon or blood moon or something uh new moon rising okay that one i can't find i don't know if that's seven yeah that's the seventh one that one i can't find anywhere 
Like, I could buy oh, a VHS. Shit. This is the worst one out of all of them on IMDb. This is the worst Halloween movie. Yeah. Um, I uh, 1.8. I can't remember. I was reading stuff about it as to why it's so bad. I think it's because they started making the movie and then the, they went bankrupt. So then like, they just kind of just shifted. Oh, it's a country western. Yeah. But I also might be confusing that with the fourth sleepaway camp where they, they were making it. And then, uh, but anyways, it was obviously it, straight to DVD. It says, yeah, it says, uh, this is the first sequel since part two that makes an attempt at continuity. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but that one I can't find anywhere. I could buy it online if I wanted to pay like a hundred bucks for a VHS copy or something. Yeah, I was going to say when a movie's that bad, uh, people are going to sell it for crazy amounts. Yeah, it's it's expensive, and I'm like, I'm not gonna. I'm, I guess I'm not gonna watch that one. And then uh, the eighth Howling movie, which is called The Howling Reborn. Um, okay. This one, I want to give it credit because it actually, but it, like it came out like in the 2000s, I think. 2011. Oh Jesus! It feels like it's a 2003 movie. Because, like, it feels like they actually tried and actually kind of cared for this movie, but also all the acting is awful in it. Um, I was going to say, I'm just seeing the video with the audio, and it looks like this ba- it's bad acting. Uh, so it's this kid, it's like his senior year of high school, and he's going to graduate and all that stuff like that, and then um, a werewolf... He he's, he falls in love with this this girl in his class, um, and she's kind of like a wild kind of girl. But then this werewolf starts killing people around school, and he thinks it's her, but then he finds out that it's he's actually the werewolf. Um, that is because his mom was attacked by a werewolf when she was pregnant with him, so now <laughs> so now he's a werewolf. And then, spoiler alert, the mom comes back, and because uh, you thought she was dead, but she's still alive, but she's like the supreme werewolf, and she's like, you need to join my side and be, come with come with me because I'm a werewolf. Human beings don't matter anymore. And he's like, no, mom, I'm going to f- try to save the girl that I love. And it's very strange. Um and she turns out to be a vampire, right? No, 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 no. I think <laughs> I think six is the only one that had vampires, as far as I'm concerned. I'm concerned, but um, it felt refreshing not to just watch a movie that f- felt like it was shot in like 1981. <laughs> so <laughs> even though the other ones like were years later, they still felt like they were just yeah. Shot even though it was in the 90s, it felt like it was the yeah. 80s. Um, but I don't know. I it was okay. So I gave Howling Reborn, I gave it a five and a half. So so basically, uh, four, I gave it a four and a half. Five, I gave it a five and a half. Six, I gave it a six. And eight, I gave it a five and a half. <laughs> give it an eight. Huh? No. I don't think I even gave the first one an eight. Yeah, the first one was good. It was good. But those are my Howling movies. I gave it. Howling... All right, I got. I got to figure oh, well. out. You, you go with the next one. I got to figure out what movies I, I, I did. Now. I gave it an eight. 
No, no, no. Even an eight and a half, the first one. No, I meant you uh, You go to the next movie because I, I, I jumped all right. over the place. I got to figure out. I know. I was just saying it. that, like, the first Howling movie, I gave an eight and a half, apparently. <laughs> so, next movie I watched, I watched a movie called Jojo Rabbit. Okay. Um, which was Taiko Waititi film. Did you watch this one? I did not. I was. I have no interest okay. in it. <laughs> no offense, okay. but um, it was really good. Um, <laughs> you're missing out, probably. This might be the best movie I watched this month. Oh. Um, so this movie, you're following Jojo, who is in this camp of Nazis. Like it's this uh, Nazi boys camp type thing where they're training these little soldiers uh, uh, to be Nazis. And uh, they each get this little knife to, to stab Nazis or stab Jews with. And they're learning like self-defense and all this stuff. But uh, he's like, I'm going to be the best Nazi and Hitler's going to love me. And you just follow in this little kid and they get like this little group are like, OK, here's your knives. You each got to use them. Um, and Jojo is like, I can do this. Like, OK, see this rabbit? kill it he's like what you have to be able to kill something otherwise you will never be able to fight kill this rabbit he's like i can't do it and they all make fun of him and uh then they just snap the rabbit's neck and throw it and like see that's how easy it is so then they all start calling him jojo rabbit because he's a little little wuss um and then uh while they're doing all their training and stuff like that He's gets a pep talk from his imaginary friend who's Adolf Hitler and they're like, you can do anything you put your mind to and blah, 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 blah. So then he goes <laughs> and he's like, yeah, he's like running and he like grabs this like uh, grenade and stuff and he's like throwing it and it and then it explodes so that he goes into the infirmary and he's like, he's like can't walk. And so he's out of the Nazi group and um He's like, well, I still hate all the Jewish people and blah, 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 blah. And um, Sam Rockwell's in this movie, and his character is amazing because he plays a general or something, but he got disbanded from, uh, the tr- from you know, being a general, so his punishment is teaching these kids how to be better Nazis, but he hates his job. <laughs> um, and then JoJo finds out that his mom is keeping a Jewish girl in the wall. And so he's got to keep it a secret because um, I forget what the reasoning why behind it was. But yeah, so then he becomes like, starts talking to this girl and he's finding out like all these stories and lies about the Jews that the Nazis are saying are fake. And um, it kind of becomes like a little love story between two characters who hate each other. But um yeah, there was a lot of twists and turns in this movie that I did not see coming. Um, but I enjoyed this movie a lot. Um, I almost cried a little bit at the end. Uh, I gave Jojo Rabbit an eight and a half. Okay. Um, it's, it won for Best Adapted Film um, at the Oscars. So then I went online to see what the book was. And apparently the book didn't get good reviews. <laughs> like one of them said, oh, 
I think Jojo Rabbit should win an award for turning this piece of crap into an actually really good movie hmm. like, for the book and stuff. Um, but yeah, I I enjoyed it a lot. Um, Scarlett Johansson, uh, Rebel Wilson, is that her name? I think that's what her name From is. Pitch and, Perfect. Yeah. And then Sam Rockwell. Those characters were in the movie a lot more than I thought they were going to be. Mm-hmm. Because I thought it was just going to be mostly this JoJo, but his little friend with the glasses, who reminds me of a young Nick Frost, uh, was freaking amazing. Hmm. <laughs> it's like imagine Nick Frost is like a four or five year old. Like it was freaking adorable. <laughs> um, but yeah, I gave JoJo Rabbit an eight and a half, and okay. yeah, it was the best movie I watched this month. <laughs> uh, a movie I watched this month was uh, The Vanishing, which I watched. The original version of The Vanishing back in August 2016. And um, I liked it a lot. I gave it a seven and a half back then. So, whatever. Yeah, I, I gave the... it a seven, which I probably should have gave it a higher number, but I enjoyed that movie a lot too. Uh, yeah, exactly. So then, whenever I mentioned to people, like, do you ever see The Vanishing? Like, that's with the. Uh, that's with right. uh, Everyone's seen the American version. I can't even think of it. Did the dude do his name? What is his name? Qui-Gon Jin guy, right? Huh? Oh, jeez. <laughs> I had no idea. Je- so the guy who plays Qui-Gon Jinn. No, Jeff Bridges and Kiefer Sutherland are in it. So uh, if you listen to that episode, August 2016, oh, so I'll just recap it quick. Uh, a guy in, uh, a guy who in this movie is Kiefer Sutherland and his girlfriend, played by Sandra Bullock, um, they're vacationing, and then uh, Sandra Bullock, his girlfriend, goes missing. And then it's years and years and years later, and, he, and he's still trying to find her. And eventually he says on, on TV, he's like, whoever took her, let me know who you are. I at least want to know what happened to her. That's all I want. Just I, won't, I just want to know what happened to her. So then um, Jeff Bridges' character like eventually says, hey, come with me. I'll show you what, uh, what happened to her. <clears throat> Meanwhile, uh, this, which... Uh, changed so much from the original um he Keith Sutherland has a new girlfriend because it's like years later so he's like he's moved on but he still hasn't moved on from this whole thing and he's obsessed with trying to find his girlfriend even though he loves his new girlfriend uh but she's getting jealous and mad because she's like I'm with I'm here now your girlfriend isn't anymore so I'm here pay attention to me so they in the original version him and the girlfriend break up in this version they break up but then she follows him, which changes the movie dramatically. Uh, mm-hmm. Because the remake is, I think, two minutes longer. But when I was watching it, I'm like, wow, they're just busting through like all these <laughs> scenes. I'm like, why? This is taking, like, it, like, it just seemed to be moving too fast. Well, they uh-huh. changed the ending. And it pissed me the pissy right off. Because that ending of the original is yeah. so good. It is really good, but not. It's not Americanized, so that's probably why they changed the ending. Here's the thing, though. Uh, so, anyways, uh, so after like he the, the guy's like, "Hey, come with me. If you do everything I tell you, I'll I'll show you exactly what I did to her." So then his girlfriend comes along and follows him to make sure that he's okay, and that's the then like where the movie. The original movie ends 
uh, there's about 15 to 20 minutes after that. Oh, geez, they continue after the ending? Yes, and then uh, it makes it, like you said, a more Americanized, a more happy ending. Right. Which pissed me off. But You can't have a sad ending in a movie. But turns out the guy who directed the original also directed this. Hmm. So I don't know why he would do that to his own movie. Right. Because <laughs> he made him. It seems very weird. Like, I don't know. I... They can't, I don't know. It was strange. Um, and unfortunately, Keith Sutherland is a great actor. Jeff Bridges is a great actor. In this movie, Jeff Bridges is so freaking creepy. Um, <laughs> but it's Keith Sutherland, and he's known for being, you know, a badass and doing all this crazy shit. So this movie didn't hit anywhere near the same way the original did where it's just a normal guy feeling sad because the one thing in his life that matters where you're like yeah Keir Sutherland he always you know gets revenge and does all this shit whatever he'll be sad for a little bit they'll get over it <laughs> you know it just it didn't have that same impact uh, so I gave The Vanishing which was the 1993 yeah uh, the 1993 Vanishing a 5 so a whole 2.5 points less than the original yeah. Um, the next movie I watched, uh, I watched, it was also from the 90s. Um, it's a movie I saw many years ago, and I thought it was awesome back then. So I was like, I'll check it out again and see if it's still as good as I remember it being. I watched The Relic. Oh, yes, the one at the museum. Yes. And I, all right, so the basis of the, this this um movie is that uh, there's this guy who is sort of an archaeologist type character and he is I think down in South America somewhere trying to find some pieces for an exhibit and stuff and he finds this statue and he ships it back to uh, to the United States and then uh, when the ship comes in a bunch of dead people all over the boat bunch of people just got like murdered like where did this come from who who's the killer what happened it looks like an animal attacked them well they can't find what killed everybody but the crate makes it to the museum they open it up and there's just a small little statue in this giant crate and they go why is this little tiny thing whatever cool it's worth a lot of money and we're gonna have this big exhibit but then this giant creature i should say giant creature it's like an animal probably the size of a big cow so like not giant but it's pretty it's like the size of a car basically like running around this museum just killing people um and it's up to the main character who's like a a, a hotel not hotel museum type curator person who knows a lot about stuff and she's like trying to figure out what happened and uh, and all this stuff that what's going on and what the creature actually is so they can stop it uh it's pretty fun it's action-packed and um actually not bad for like a 90s horror movie like a budget big budget horror movie mm-hmm. so um i don't know it's one of those movies that i think cecil and ebert both liked it a lot <laughs> which is weird so I was watching, I'm like, Cicely and Ebert like this movie, huh? It's very strange. But, um, I don't know, it's, it's decent. It's a, it's a fun little romp throughout the museum. 
lot of people get killed. So if you're fun with that, that's good. But I gave the relic a seven. Yeah, I remember seeing it a long time ago, and I remember you loving this movie. Yeah. And I can't remember much about it at all. You did do what? I can't remember much oh. about it at all, except that there's this monster in the museum. Yeah, I um I bought the book. The book is like this thick. It's cr- like a paperback. It's crazy on how big, how thick that book is. It's, it's got to be at least like like that. S- it's based off of yeah. It's gotta be at least like seven, eight hundred pages. <laughs> like it's a thick book, but I bought it and just never got around to reading it. But yeah, I, I yeah, I mean, it, it, it is what it is. It's nothing too special, but it's it's a fun movie. So the next movie I watched, I think you also watched the Slumber Party Massacre. Yes. <laughs> this is a movie from the eighties. Uh, this is the kind of movie I imagine like cult horror movies from the eighties being it, it, sh- and it sure is. It's like gratuitous nudity, people trying to have, you know, perverted guys trying to have sex and a serial killer. And that's basically what this movie is like, Oh, pillow fight slumber party. Yeah, um, it's it's basically... the movie itself seems like a spoof or a satire, but I don't think it was. I don't know it. It, I think it was like I yeah I, I had that same issue where I'm like I don't know if this is what everybody spoofs as a spoof, or right. if at the time they're like we're already getting that kind of uh response to things because it's going to go like, full force into this yeah. Uh, stereotype. Yeah. I don't know if they like, I don't know if everyone's referencing this movie or if this movie's referencing it, all the rumors of horror movies at that time. Right. So yeah, basically there's a guy who's going around killing high school kids. Just um, anybody comes in his way. And yeah, anybody like, <laughs> um, and it follows a group of the girls who are having a slumber party and these two guys that are perving in on it, as well as like the neighbor girl who was invited, but she's not in with the cool kids. Um, and then you just find this guy going around. Most of the deaths are with a, a drill, a power yep. drill. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just a campy. Well, the- like you're saying, I don't know if it's a satire or if this is what, the satires are making fun of. Well, also at the very, very, very beginning, like within the first minute, they're listening to the radio and like, oh, a man escaped from the insane asylum. So it's like, it's it's literally just, oh, it's a guy who was in the insane asylum and they escaped. Be on the lookout. And then he has a drill. But the thing that bothers me the most is you see what he looks like. Right. right he doesn't away. hide his face at all. Yeah. It's not like it, it's like, I mean. Just a dude. It's just a dude. I guess we got, yeah, I guess we got overindulged by, like, horror movies where you don't see them. And at the very end, like. Right. They're, who, who, they're all in, in silhouette. Yeah. And you never see them. Yeah. You either, you either. So it's creepy. See so then you're trying to figure out who is the killer. Yeah. You either, like, find out that it actually is someone that is related to them or in the movie. Or you find out, like, you don't see their face. Well, this right. one is, like, the opposite. It's like, this is what I look like. Like, the first time they, like, is when you killed the the phone lady in the van. Yeah. Like, it's just like, Oh, okay. There he is. Yep. 
Like right like, at the beginning, the first person that dies, you just see him do it. We're like, oh, so yeah. It's such. It's such. Like it's such a bad movie, but it's also like, at the same time, like I love it for being how right. generically bad. Like me, I, I put this in the same category as Nightmare Beach or whatever the other name yeah, of it yeah. was called. Like um, it's just, it's just a fun movie. Like you get what you get. It's just a slasher film, and they're just having fun with it, and it's just entertaining. I don't know how else to put it. It's not great, but I enjoyed watching it the entire time. Yeah. I, yeah. Like knowing, knowing the movie was over, I was like, I kind of did want it to keep going just a little bit longer. Right. But at the same time, it was, I don't know where else they could have gone because they had the slumber party. They ordered the pizza. I mean, the, the neighbors just got killed or whatever. (laughs) And just, Oh, that was the thing I was gonna make fun of. It, like, the the guys that were like, the two guys just watching through the window the whole time, like just watching everyone just get changed. Like, oh boy, what a great night! I'm gonna remember this. <laughs> it was so fucking campy. It was unbelievable. It's like, how did they not see you just standing, like, not even <laughs> hiding, just standing next to the window? Yeah, and and. Uh, after the first jump scare, the guy's like, "Oh, I'm I'm the killer. I'm here," and then someone like looking in the closet and, "Oh, it's a coat. Oh, my boyfriend's here. Oh, it's like they were just doing jump scares of just not bad things happening." Where to the point where I'm like, "Yeah, we get it. We're expecting it to be the killer, and it's not. Please stop it." But yeah, I enjoyed it. Um... Where am I? I gave it a seven and a half slumber party okay. massacre. I gave I, it a seven and a half. It was a fun, fun little journey. Yeah, I gave it a six and a half. It was fun, but I definitely probably wouldn't watch it again unless it was like a Halloween party and the it's just tossing. I wouldn't it go on. out of my way to watch it, but no. if it was on, I might stop and you know. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah. Like that's that's a good like background movie at a Halloween party when everyone's just like hanging out in the living room just drinking and talking and stuff. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Oh, what's the next movie you watched? Um, I finally watched. Well, this will this will go into one of your movies too. Um, I watched Suicide Squad because I haven't mm-hmm. seen that at all. Uh, and you watched it when? I watched it in December of 2016. It's been out that long. God damn. Yeah. So, uh, and to be fair, it's the Oscar-winning Suicide Squad. That's true. It uh, won for best costume. So I avoided this movie because I heard so many people say how shitty it was and everything. And then I was like, well, Birds of Prey came out on um, like HBO, HBO or Max. something. So I'm like, we're going to watch that movie. So I said, well, I haven't watched Suicide Squad yet. So we'll watch that. Then we watch Birds of Prey because at least we can chronologically see who this Harley character is. Right. Even though I don't think you really need to see Suicide Squad no. before. Because they... they... I mean, as far as the Joker stuff goes, but even then, like, I feel like Birds of Prey had summed up Harley's character pretty yeah. good without Suicide also, Squad. Also, I, I read enough comics to know who she is at this point, mm-hmm. because the beginning of Birds of Prey was basically like that Harley series that came out. Like, the first issue was almost exactly like just transformed on the <laughs> screen. <laughs> but anyways, right. before we get to that, so watch Suicide yeah, Squad. Yeah, jumping ahead of yourself. Um, Suicide Squad. I think I watched the extended cut. I don't know. I think it was like two hours, 15 minutes or something. 
I don't remember. Yeah, I think you. I think you said you watched the extended cut, which I have not watched yet. I yeah. will eventually. I, so, I, so my review is off the original because I heard the extended cut is better. Yeah, I. I mean. It's kind of like Green Lantern, where everyone shit all over it, and I was like, "All right, get ready for a shit fest," and then it's better than mm-hmm. I thought it was gonna be. So actually, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I enjoyed like the the action was fun in Suicide Squad. More people than I it needed to be though, because I feel like yeah. no one other than like having Harley and uh, Deadshot, like the other characters, you don't really get to get to know at all. Right. Um, but no, I thought it was I thought it was fun. I actually enjoyed. Uh, Suicide Squad quite a bit, so I gave it a seven and a half. Yeah, I gave it an eight back then. Okay. Um, and kind of on a tangent, the new Suicide Squad. I think it's just called the Suicide Squad, the new one. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm so excited for that one. It looks like the clips I've seen from it. Oh, I haven't seen any clips. Yeah, they had um, the DC Thunderdome. Um, they did their virtual convention. Yeah. Uh, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So they did like the, they called it the lineup where they went through all the characters and who is playing what and all this stuff. And then they had a feature out of the making of, and they were showing a bunch of footage and it is just like nonstop action and explosions. And it just looks like a fun ride. Okay. (laughs) So like basically what this movie should have been, the next one looks like it's going to be not saying that this one was bad. I enjoyed it. But I think this next one is what people want yeah. in the Suicide Squad movie. Um, so I'm excited for that one. That one looks fun. Um, but yeah, Harley, uh, Birds of Prey, Harley Quinn. Well, it's got a long, super long name. Yeah, but I looked at, um, I don't know where I got the title from. But there's a lot of places that are calling it Birds of Prey, colon, Harley Quinn, and that's it. Yeah. So that's what I'm calling it. Oh, well, some, IMDb, IMDb calls it Harley Quinn colon Birds of Prey. But the original, like, the name I'm, I saw, like, on uh, yeah, HBO it's the, is... the And the fabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm just going to call it Birds of Prey colon Harley Quinn because I have a feeling they're going to come out with another Birds of Prey movie. Yeah. At least I hope so because you did all this work introducing these characters. Now I want more of these characters. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, but, yeah, so this Birds of Prey, um, I thought they did a pretty decent job of adapting the comics. Mm-hmm. I haven't been, I haven't read too many Birds of Prey, but the Harley Quinn in this movie was very much the Amanda Connor uh, Harley Quinn. Yeah. They even had the dead stuffed beaver and everything. And then the, the, um, the hyena and Livia. The hyena. Both. Even though there's two hyenas, they yeah. had one. That's and, fine. And Livia. And then they the, made the uh, joke restaurant. about Bruce. Yeah. Um, so I thought they did a pretty good job adapting the Amanda Connor Harley Quinn into film. And I enjoyed the Birds of Prey characters that they introduced in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't know much about Birds of Prey. Um, and obviously every incarnation of it has been different characters and different origin stories. So yeah, it's fine if, it, if that didn't line up with any of them because there's so many different, I think, origins of Birds of Prey that this worked. Um, I just want to say like, at first, I wasn't a huge fan 
of like Black Canary, but then like as her character like got to know her, she just became cooler and cooler as the movie mm-hmm. went. Same with Huntress, um, which oh my god, the best joke in that entire movie. They call me, and then it's just like the crossbow killer. They call me the crossbow killer. They call me Huntress. It's like because everyone's like saying crossbow killer, crossbow killer. And then it's just like they call me the Huntress. They're like, no, everyone calls you the crossbow killer. <laughs> it's not my name. Uh, that was my favorite. Yeah, Huntress. Joke, that one little scene. Huntress is my favorite thing about the movie. And I was, yeah. and I was really excited because I'm like, I like Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who played Ramona mm-hmm. Flowers and some of that. And I was like, and she's playing the Huntress. I'm like, that's pretty cool. And I don't know much about the Huntress, but the few things I read here and there, like in Green Arrow and some of that, I'm like, the Huntress's character is pretty cool. And I'm like, that's great. It's an actress I like and a character I like. So then it was, um, yeah, yeah. She did awesome. This isn't like the Huntress I know because I'm pretty sure the Huntress I know. Like, like I said, I don't read too many of these comics, but the Huntress I thought was the daughter of Batman and Catwoman from Earth 2, but I could be wrong. Um, someone's going to call me out like Matt Warzala or something. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, like I said, this like D- the DCs have been rebooted so many times. Um Well, she's the third. There's been at least three huntresses. Yeah. Yeah, because Helena, Helena Wayne is the one I know. Yeah. Who's yeah the daughter of Batman and Catwoman in the alternate universe. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I, I liked this version of the Huntress a lot, um, where she's the daughter of a king of a mob boss. I don't know if that's a spoiler or not, but <laughs> sorry, I was I was reading about the Huntress on Wikipedia, and it's so many because it says that uh, yeah in DC yeah how many 52... times they reboot the universe it's gonna change every yeah. time. It says in DC New Fifty Two continuity, Helena Bart Bertinelli is an alias used by Helena Wayne, while the real Helena Bertinelli is an agent of the spy organization Spiral. Oh, with uh, Grayson. So... Tickers. Yeah, so Helena Wayne was pretending to be the the actual huntress. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, complex. The I don't want to. I don't want to sound like a, a a weird, creepy person, but it's not. It's not the reason because they made. Uh, I just want to apologize before I say anything wrong because I don't want to, people to assume that I'm saying it. That, anyways, whatever. Um, I think I liked Harley Quinn better in Suicide Squad than this one because mm-hmm. in uh, the style of this yeah, movie. She was, kind of a, she was kind of more annoying, I think, in this version. Yeah, and she, she did a lot of talking to the camera, explaining things and stuff during the movie, which I'm not a huge fan of. Like if they break the fourth wall, I'd like it done a certain way. And mm-hmm. she's just and she didn't seem as fun of a character in this movie as she like she, she just seemed like she was going through the motions of doing these things, but in the like her character in the Suicide Squad movie it seemed like she was just doing whatever she wanted and she was having a good time doing it. But I guess mm-hmm. I mean she wasn't upset about the whole Joker thing, whatever. But I was saying, don't, I hope people will get offended because I know a lot of 
shitty guys on the internet got mad because she wasn't as um, scantily clad and sexual in yeah, this movie uh, as she was in Suicide Squad. And like, and that's not the reason um, I was going the for huge, that. Yeah. The, the big difference is that Suicide Squad uh, was male-directed and Birds of Prey is female-directed. Yeah. Um, so they're trying to... I shouldn't say they're trying to. They were appealing to more women with this yeah. movie. That's why she's not scantily clad because... Um, I guess a lot of women were saying this is pretty accurate on a bad breakup. Yeah. <laughs> like how a woman would act. Um, so like the, the, the female power type thing, uh, which mm. definitely occurred in this movie. Oh no. Um, yeah. It, it just, but yeah, of... I did. I mean, I did find Harley Quinn a little more annoying in this one. I, I appreciated it because it made me like, the actual birds of prey characters more than I would have. Yeah. Um, because everyone going into this movie knew who Harley Quinn was, but not everybody knew who detective, whatever her name is, was, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think they did a good job introing the new characters and making you care about these new characters, even though you do nothing about them going in. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, oops. I just, I just mean more. Um, like, Harley Quinn was fun, but she just didn't seem as right loopy. But also, they like they did a couple things in the movie that I don't like in most movies. They said, "Oh, this, this, this is this important stuff." By the way, that happens. Yes, later. and then they, they. I. This is my biggest pet peeve: is when they have a scene in the movie and then they have to go back in time to get to that point and they did it a couple times yeah. in this movie and i'm just like ah, it's so cliche to do that <laughs> start yeah. the movie with the most action-packed scene and then go oh previously before that happened yeah. or the people this, getting this, this. their face cut up and then yeah um... that was i it was more graphic than i thought like once they cut the person's face off i'm like was not expecting that. Well, and, and Chris was like, "Isn't that the guy from Lost?" I'm like, "What?" Oh, never mind. His face is gone. I'm like, "Oh, okay." And then they flash back. I'm like, "Oh, that's why." I'm like, "Why would they hire an actor like that that has a lot of, <laughs> you know?" Yeah, he was the doctor, right, from Dharma. Han, yeah, Han, uh, not Hanzo, but um, he had a bunch of different names. Yeah, Edgar Hallowax and the Dharma Initiative tapes. But yeah. yeah, Birds of Prey, Harley Quinn, um. I enjoyed it. I gave it an eight. It was a fun ride. I gave. Uh, I gave it a six yeah. and a half. Yeah. So, would you give Suicide Squad? Seven and a half. Okay. Yeah, that sounds about right. I couldn't uh, find my phone. Yeah. The cat was I apparently lame. gave him the same scores, but. Um, I also have to watch the extended cut. Like I said, I heard it was better, so. I will agree that Suicide Squad probably is better than birds of prey yeah i just haven't seen it since 2016 (laughs) (laughs) the year it came out um all right the next movie i watched i don't know if you got a chance to watch it or not was sonic the hedgehog i did not okay um so yeah the sonic hedgehog movie that came out 2020 (laughs) Because there was no other movie. Um, this movie surprised me a bit. I Like, when it was coming out, I was like, this is either going to suck 
or yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, <laughs> uh, most video game movies are not great. They're okay at best. Yeah. Um, I just remember when Rampage came out, that was like one of the like highest rated video game movies, which wasn't saying much. He has like 30%. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, and now it's Detective Pikachu. And now it might be Sonic. I don't know. Um, because this thing, like the pandemic happened and, uh, yeah, the, it's hard to, cause I think this came out in the theaters right before the pandemic. Yeah, it was, I think it came out in February. Yeah. I think I want to say it came out on Valentine's day, but it could be wrong. Yeah. Cause I think that's when Pikachu came out around too. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why they did it. Cause they released around the same time. No, no, because on black Friday, we picked up detective Pikachu. Yeah, I think it came out that same year. Yeah, because Sonic came out this that year. that we picked up in Black. Right, and Pikachu came out last year. Right, but I think it was pretty close to the same weekend. Oh, okay. But just a year apart. Like, oh, Pikachu came out in February and it did really well, so let's do Sonic the same way. I think is what it was. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, this. Um. This movie is pretty faithful to oh, the video game. Sorry, I just looked up Pikachu came out in May. Oh, okay, then I'm I'm a little off. Um, the Sonic the Hedgehog is pretty. I think they did a pretty good job of keeping it continuity wise for the most part with um, the video games. There's a lot of Easter eggs and hidden stuff in this uh, in this movie to nods to the video game. Um, basically the premise is that I can't remember what world he's in, but anyway, when he was a baby, his mom said it was too dangerous to be in this world because he's got these powers of speed and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So he's kind of like a super, super powered thing. Um, so they have these golden rings that they use as portals to go to different dimensions. Okay. And um, there's this tribe of echidnas that are trying to kidnap Sonic, and she sends him through the portal, which is our Earth. Um, and he lands in a city called Grass Hills, I think. Whatever the first level. Oh, Green Hills. Green Hill Zone. Yeah. Yeah. So he lands in Green Hills, and he has like a like a cave with all of his stuff in it, and he's basically raised himself um, in our world. And his mom told him that if anyone ever finds out about him on this planet, he'll have to use the rings and go to the mushroom kingdom or whatever it's called. Mushroom zone, um, which is just all full of mushrooms, which is kind of a joke on Mario. And uh, I guess there is a mushroom level in, in Sonic as well. But anyway, um, I was thinking like Sonic, Sonic, is, Sonic and Knuckles first. First level had a bunch of yeah. mushrooms you could jump off of. Yeah. Um, so he's in our world, and his powers are slowly getting stronger with his speed. So he can run really fast. And during one of his I'm bored kind of things, he plays baseball with himself, where he plays all the bases and the batter and pitcher and stuff. And he's rounding the base. He's going, like, super fast, and like the fastest he's ever gone. And he creates, like, a mini sonic boom. And it gets picked, like, the whole 
grid goes out, like the, they lose power in all of the town and stuff. And the government is like, we had a strange explosion at this location and they bring like the CIA and all that shit in and they hire Dr. Robotnik, who's this major scientist and he uses his drones to try to track down Sonic and stuff. And, um, and James Marston is the sheriff in this, uh, this here town and Sonic runs into him and they try to come up with a plan to, to escape and whatnot. And I thought it was really well done. Um, yeah, I personally, I think I liked it better than Detective Pikachu. Um, but it is a very family-friendly movie, so it's not, you know, sometimes a little hokey. But yeah. I think if you played Sonic the Hedgehog, know anything about Sonic the Hedgehog, enjoyed Sonic, this is definitely, I think, a movie you should check out. It's not a complete crap on that history of the character. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of people are saying Jim Carrey as Dr. Robotnik is kind of ridiculous, but I think he did a really good job with the character and made him more entertaining as a villain yeah. um, than the cartoons and stuff. But I'm a little sad because he's got a sidekick that's helping him and his name's, I think, Dr. Stone or something. And I'm like, oh, they should have had him named Snivy or whatever Snivy, from the... Yeah. Stiffly, uh from the cartoon, but um, I think he just wanted to play on words with rock or stone. Um, and yeah, I gave Sonic an 8 out of 10. I thought it was very entertaining. Alright. Um, the next couple of movies I watched were the same ones you watched, but I did watch this one without you. Um, I saw a movie called Oh, wait, I forgot two movies. <laughs> uh, 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 hackers. Go crackers, slackers. No, no word Al. Uh, we watched the movie Hackers because we haven't seen that in a long time. So we uh, decided mm-hmm. to pop that on one, one Saturday night and uh, just watch that because I think it was on HBO or something. Um, boy, is that a memory lane. Uh, and also, wow, technology. Computers have changed so much. So much. Um, but Hackers is about a movie where the main character, um, he moves to a new town because he got in a lot of trouble when he was young as, like, as a really good hacker and he broke this, like, bank mainframe or something. I don't remember. Um, so he moves to this new school, and he has this crush on this girl in his class who's played by Angelina Jolie. Um, but then you find out that she's also a hacker, so a bunch of the hacker friends just kind of hang out. One of the guys, he accidentally starts downloading this file, and uh, and he, he starts downloading this file. It doesn't know what it is, but then like the FBI and stuff like raid his house, and they go, oh, shit, this file that he started downloading is pretty important for some reason so they try to figure out what it is and it's this like worm virus that uh basically will install or once it's released it'll like pull a bunch of money from banks and then they'll blame it on a bunch of um hackers and stuff so it's up to the guys to try to find a way to uh sort of expose and stop the the evil hacker from releasing this virus worm onto the world 
um, very silly movie nowadays because in the night I think ninety must have been like ninety three I think it came out ninety four somewhere around there and I'm probably way wrong because right, I can find it time is weird um, ninety five ninety five uh, so like technology is so different than it is now and it was, we, Chris and I made so many jokes because they're like typing like who are you type 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 and like for being hackers it takes them a long time to type a small sentence <laughs> <laughs> like like what what is happening with this movie but um i don't know hackers it's a fun fun little movie uh if you've ever watched it i it's not as amazing as i remember it being but it's still fun i gave hackers a six and a half and then the other uh a bunch of the other movies we watched, you also watched. So I'm just going to go over this the last one I watched for the month. And then we can go through the other ones we watched together. Um, I borrowed this from Eric, my friend who has a bunch of horror movies that I borrow from him. Like Slumber Party Massacre and Popcorn, which we watched last month. Um, mm -hmm. But he had this one. I was intrigued to watch it. It's called Your Vice is a Locked Room and Only I Have the Key. So it's a nice long title name. Um, mm -hmm. and it's, uh, I was a very little confused when I watched this movie because it starts off with this dude and they're having a party where a bunch of people are just like probably smoking pot and like drinking and stuff. This is in the seventies. Uh, and he's super abusive to his wife, like just yelling at her and like making her do stuff in front of the, the guests and stuff and just making fun of her and laughing and whatnot. Just this really evil man. And, uh, like, okay, so that's weird. But then he starts, like, making fun of the black woman who he has as a maid. And you're like, this isn't cool. But then a bunch of the other hippies around them are like, she, they start singing and, like, just basically, like, saying, like, oh, you're important and some of that. But then she gets murdered. And, like, oh, who did this murder? And, and then people just start like, and then and then uh, I think his niece comes into town and they're staying with them. She's staying with them, but then all these like murders start happening where all these women start getting killed. And at the, and at one point the wife is like kind of going insane, and then the 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 guy is a writer but he has writer's block so he's like not sleeping well and all sort of stuff and you're like who is this killer what the hell's going on and it's it's a weird murder mystery type thing um but it's inspired by a short story by Edgar Allan Poe called something with a black cat i already forgot the what it was called because the whole time that this is happening the black cat just like wandering around watching all this stuff so obviously <laughs> the cat is the one that knows um what's happening uh but it i don't know the i was so confused as what was going on um and it's just i i don't know man by the time i found out who the killer was i was just going but why <laughs> it's <laughs> Yeah, it's it's freely adapted from the story The Black Cat by Edgar Allan Poe. Okay. Um but I don't know, it was alright. 
uh, is uh, it was written it was directed and stuff by a, a guy who's a pretty popular like Italian director called uh, Sergio Martino. So, um, but I don't know. It was okay. I, I didn't care for it too much, <clears throat> and it looks like IMDb kind of gave it close to my reference. But so I gave your vice is a locked room and only I have the key. I gave that a six. All right. He says six and six point eight. All right. Yeah. Okay. So I watched um, a movie you watched on a previous podcast. Oh. Um, the Innkeepers. Okay. Um, you watched it. You said April twenty sixteen. Yes. Um, I, I don't know what you gave it then, but I um, gave if it you a want to know more about that, seven and a half, I believe. Okay. Um, well, I apparently liked it better than you. Um, I I thought it was a really interesting take on the movie. Um, I was like two people working in an inn who think that the hotel or the the hotel is uh, haunted, and they're trying to get video proof of it. And at first, you're like, okay, are they, is anything going to happen? But then, like the cuts i love to see where she's telling this scary story to a little kid and yeah um, and then uh like the catching mom. the piano and stuff um there's a, a lot of cool i mean it's kind of a slow movie but i think uh it paid off in the end yeah uh i enjoyed this movie a lot uh i was expecting more from some of the things but then like the way the movie ended i'm like okay that's probably why they did it this way uh, but i gave it an eight and a half Mm-hmm. I thought it was okay. a really good movie. I actually gave it a seven last okay. time, um, but I think I was more critical on it than I should have been. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did I did enjoy it. I, the, the dynamic to the two characters, mm-hmm. at first you're like, okay, whatever. But then once that movie gets going, you're like, the dynamic between these two is really good. And then mm-hmm. even at one point you have like a thing where like, Christmas like, oh, they're going to do it, aren't they? And then, she, <laughs> and then he's like, hey, I want you to like, no. And you're like, you see the hurt in his eyes, like, oh, he likes her, but she doesn't like him. But it's, like, mm-hmm. not even a plot point. It's just, like, a thing you notice. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. I, I, yeah, it's a fun movie. And the guy that, uh, the guy that directed that movie also directed um, VHS. And okay. And a couple other movies. That, yeah, like, I like the style a lot. Yeah, I, I, I do enjoy that movie. It was one of those that I, um, I think I got when uh, a Black... pleasant surprise, I should say. Yeah, I think I got that movie like when Mega Media Exchange was going out of business. I'm like, the cover is amazing on that movie too. Mm-hmm. The cover is so cool. Yeah, I watched it on Prime. Yeah, I watched it on DVD. No, it wasn't on Prime, was it? I don't know. All right, uh, I'm trying to. I thought it was it had commercial, so it wouldn't have been prime. Probably but anyway, TV. continue. Cat, what is all over you? Why are you wet? The cat is sitting <laughs> in my lap. The cat's sitting in my lap. I don't know if you can hear this or not, but I can hear the bell. But he is purring so loud. Oh, the, my microphone might pick it up. But um. Oh, it was okay. Yeah, I was gonna watch it on some. I don't. I was going to look up Innocence on Prime that you watched, and it showed up on Amazon as a rental for three bucks, or you could watch it free with commercials. 
Oh, okay. So I did watch it on Amazon Prime for free. Okay. I'm like, I remember commercials because there's a couple scenes. I'm like, but they did a good job of placing the commercial breaks at scene ends instead of just randomly like, like Tubi. Pluto usually does. Like, <laughs> like Tubi does. Tubi does it like every 20 minutes. You're like, okay. Yeah, it's just like in the middle of a sentence. Thanks. At least they back up a little bit, like back. Yeah, like and then when it comes seconds. up, it goes back a little bit. I'm like, okay, good. Most of the ones I watch, but... it usually like they put it in a spot that actually seems like it would be a commercial. So, oh, the one I watched last night, they just put it randomly. <laughs> I was, I was like, oh, I was curious, and then like it comes out of commercial and it plays, and then it dips. I'm like, you could have put it like two seconds yeah. later, and it wouldn't have been in the middle of a sentence. I don't think they have people figure out those algorithms. I think it just goes no. every time this happens. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie I watched... Yeah, every 20 minutes. Boom. Uh, or at least split the movie in like four chunks for that many minutes. Um, but I watched a movie called Matinee. Mm, which, I watched it as well. Yes. Um, John Goodman as an actor. Uh, and it, it, this... Movie feels like, uh, yes, I can't. I, oh god. I want to say that I feel ripped off that I did not get to watch this when I was a kid. I know, right? This movie would have been like I was talking to the guy I work with. He's like, yeah, I watched it all the time when I was a kid. I'm like, this movie would have been amazing. It would definitely would have been one that I watched over and over. Um, because yeah, I was like 12 when it came out, and I <laughs> totally would have been watching this over and over because it was so good. No. Sorry, the cat is going after my headphone cord. I'm trying to get him to stop. But it's... <laughs> it's weird because, yeah, it. Uh, John Goodman plays a guy who makes creepy movies, uh, creepy horror films, about, like, giant like giant bugs and giant... Um, uh, yeah, yeah this one, this is a half-man, half-lobster. No, it's half-man, half-ant called Mant. Oh, that's right, Mant. 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 I got confused because I remember they kept having the claw hands, um, <laughs> you know, like ants have. <laughs> um, yeah, Mant. Uh, but this kind of takes. And he's place... going across the country. He's going across the country to show his film to try to get support um, to make more. Yeah, but it, it takes place but... like sort of in the fifties, sixties ish. It takes place because it's like it's like a you know pre. I, I think it's like during. I don't know if it's not, not during the Cold War, but it's like after. I don't um, know. It, it takes place. Maybe it takes place during in the, the Cuba Missile Crisis. Sounds like the fifties, sixties, right? I don't know what the Cuban when the Cuban Missile Crisis was, but whenever, yeah, it's during that time. Whenever JFK was in office, because that was part of the Cuban Missile Crisis, wasn't it? Because uh, like the Bay of Pigs, fifties and sixties, it says. Yeah. So it it has that like kind of like sort of feel to the movie. Like, to me, it, feel, it felt like uh, a combination between Radio Flyer and Popcorn. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I feel like they took this and turned it into the movie Popcorn, but I think they came out, Popcorn came out before this. Yeah. Because, the, he, yeah, in order to make, uh, make movies, he is making all these, like, really cheesy, like, horror movies that you see, if, like, you know, years ago. Um and, yeah, like uh, them and uh, yeah, yeah, the but, giant ants. But he's doing it um, with like this added feature, kind of like sense around was a thing. Like they did, did in a couple different <laughs> movies, where they 
did a lot they of, shake the chairs. Yeah, they shake the chairs and do like a lot of special special effects in the in the room, like having things flying around the room or lasers and or lights and like sounds and all that stuff. Um, but no, it was a it was a very fun movie. Like I yeah, it, I like you said, I would have loved it as a kid. Um, but it was still really good as a as an adult watching it because I thought it was gonna be really cheesy and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was just funny because, uh, like the one girl, I remember she was on that show Life Goes On. Yep. And then the other girl, she was in Mrs. Doubtfire. Yep. Yeah, we had to, we kept looking that up too. We were like, who is it? Why like, she, she looks look so familiar. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that, well, I had to look up the girl from Mrs. Doubtfire, but the one from Life Goes On, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's her. Yeah. And then I looked up, I'm like, yep. Um, yeah, oh, and she was the voice in the Goofy movie. Um, but uh, yeah, I enjoyed, I enjoyed Matinee a lot. Yeah. Um, I, I gave, I gave it, oh, I yeah, gave, go ahead. I gave it a seven. Oh, I gave it an eight. Ooh, ooh. Uh, You're liking every movie more this month than me. Yeah, apparently, because the world sucks. So the movies are better. <laughs> or I'm just, I'm just down in. I'm like nothing matters. Um. And then the last movie uh, we watched this month was a movie called The Poughkeepsie Tapes. Oh, shit. I skipped that one. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you like this many movies left. I'm like, I have this many. And then you started talking about uh, Innkeepers. I'm like, what? he missed one. Yeah, um, because I jumped around because of the Harley Quinn. Yeah, I jumped around a lot, too. <laughs> That's why I started doing this, where I, I, I highlight, highlight it during my notes. So I know which ones mm. I talked about. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a good idea. Um, but uh, anyways, the Poughkeepsie Tapes was a movie I hear a lot of people talk about on like the sub the horror subreddit and all this other stuff. Like, check this movie out. I'm like, all right, cool. So I bought... it just sounded familiar when you when you talk like you're like, oh, I'm gonna watch these movies, and I'm like, Poughkeepsie Tapes it sounds familiar. I don't know anything about it, mm-hmm. but it's the name sounded familiar. Yeah. Uh, I knew nothing about it going into it, which is always fun. Um, it's always a better idea. Yeah, but it is a mockumentary movie, so it's like a fake documentary mm-hmm. about um, these guys that went into this house and they found all these tapes, like literally boxes and boxes of VHS tapes. Which I don't understand because at one point when he shows like this this tape, like this character, uh the tapes start here and go all the way to, he walks all this giant hallway to here. These are all just one person. And I'm like, Oh damn. But then when they showed the, the closet, I think he meant the one killer. No, I thought it was, I thought it was uh, the girl. Oh, the girl. Maybe because she was there for, yeah, she was there for years. Yeah. But when they say they found all those tapes in a closet in Poughkeepsie, I'm like, and they show the, the closet. I'm like, there's probably a hundred tapes in this closet. There's well, they no... found them in the closet, and they found them in the bedroom and office and yeah. stuff too. They're throughout the house. But anyways, but I think the closet was the first ones they found. Yeah, so they they yeah, find that picture they... has a lot of tapes. In yeah, it. <laughs> but they find um, find all these tapes, and uh, they start realizing that this. Uh, these killings that have happened were actually from a serial killer because he's very methodical on how he does all these kills. It's not like he doesn't 
he does he switches it up so no one really pieced together that it was a serial killer because he like he would use this kind of tool and you do this but the next time he'd use this yeah, other the tool methods and, would be different yeah so as they were like and the locations would be different and the victims were different yeah like you'd have hookers going for a while and then like kids and then yeah yeah so um so the mockumentary is about basically them discovering these tapes and uh trying to figure out who the serial killer is and what happened um along those like those searches and stuff and they they interview like random people like police officers and like crime specialists and like you know all that stuff but the thing that bothered me the most about this movie is a lot of it like i could be over exaggerating but i feel like a lot of the movie probably what at least half of it was just watching footage from the tapes Mm-hmm. Instead which, of just people talking over the footage, yeah, like a normal documentary. Um, mm-hmm. So it kind of bothered me because, like, I wanted to know more about the story. I don't mm-hmm. want to just watch the torture porn aspect of it, where it's like, oh, here's a girl, right? And like, yeah, they they wouldn't show because like they showed certain killings in the in the documentary. And like, if this is a real documentary, they wouldn't show you someone getting murdered because that family right. would be pissed, you know? Or they would, but they would have like. A warning before they showed that yeah. part, or a blur blur out certain parts or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like that kind of maybe go this. If I thought this was real, that would have just disproved it, <laughs> you know. So right. at first I thought it was, and then I'm like, wait, this isn't a documentary, is it? Because some of the actors are pretty bad. Yeah, um, that's what gave it away for me. Yeah, at, uh, one, at one point, Christian's like, "This isn't real, is it?" Like. No, no, it's a mockumentary. It's a horror movie. Did you know it's fake going in? Yeah. Okay, I did not. Okay. <laughs> I just started watching it thinking it was real. Uh-huh. And then as I'm watching, I'm like, this isn't real, is it? <laughs> and then, like, by, by halfway through it, I'm like, this isn't real. <laughs> um, but at the beginning, I did. Like, I thought it was a real documentary. Okay. Um, I, I, knew it, yeah. I knew it wasn't real, but also um, I was watching something. And I can't remember what I was watching, but then I looked at the the, the one of the actors in that movie. Um, it showed that he was in Poughkeepsie tapes as Ted Bundy. Oh. I was like, okay, yeah, that that means it's not real. <laughs> so yeah, I didn't recognize anybody. So I I mean I don't think um, I don't even know how to spell Poughkeepsie. P O U G. Yeah, I got it. Um. But, yeah, it, it I don't know. I, I kind of wish it was better. Um, oh, it's the guy from uh, Nip Tuck. Oh, okay. I think. I could be wrong. I've never watched Nip Tuck. I'm, I'm probably wrong. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I wished for how much everyone loved, like, oozes about this movie on, uh, like the subreddit horror subreddit, I was expecting a little more than what it was. I don't know. I was a little disappointed. Sorry. Yeah, I the- didn't know anything going into it. I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, it definitely was not as great as it could have been. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave the Poughkeepsie tapes a six and a half. 
Gotcha. Uh, the the guy that played Ted Bundy, he was in an episode of Nip Tuck, which oh, okay. it was one of those things that my girlfriend was watching it, and she goes, and I was watching, I'm like, well, that guy looks familiar, and then I looked it up, I'm like, uh, nope, nothing I've seen him in. Um, but yeah, Pekusi Tapes, I gave it a six. <laughs> so still, you still... I'm still ahead of you. Yeah. Um, and that brings us to... The pre-review or re-review. The pre-re-re. pre-re. The pre-re. That's it. Pre-re. Which last month you picked the movie. And it's called They're Watching. And uh, and we gave it a little synopsis of what we thought it was about right here. I'm guessing it's a mockumentary of a family living through the purge, but it's a comedy. I was way off. Nailed it. No, you didn't. Just kidding. I just want to say that every time. <laughs> Nailed usually, it. Usually we're pretty close. I think this time the only thing that was close was that we knew it was like. The phone footage? Yeah. Like uh, a T. Because I, I was like, I, I thought it was a TV show type thing. I think that's what I said. Which, you thought The Purge. Yeah. I thought it was like a live, like um, like a, a, a reality TV show a while, during a purge. And I was talking about Frankenstein. Yeah. Um, but actually, this so movie... anyway. Oh, sorry. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, they're watching. Uh, is like a house hunters type show, um, worldwide. So they're in Eastern Europe, uh, doing an episode on this this couple who bought this house, and they're gonna fix it up. So now they're going back, and this is them coming back to do an update on that episode. And they have a new lady, new girl who's helping with the crew that oh, wasn't there the first time. So she's new to the the, the set. And it's uh, a lot of the beginning is them like going around town and seeing how the locals are and stuff like that. So go ahead, Scott. Oh, um, Doina, the Doina chocolate bar. I thought was going to be more of an aspect to it. It's not even a real so chocolate kept- bar. He kept talking about it at the beginning of the movie over and over, and I'm like, it's going to come back up. Nope. Um, I was going to say, the thing that pisses me off about this is, like we just mentioned before, talking about Birds of Prey, the mm-hmm. beginning of the movie starts off right. with a character is running through like this field in the dark, and one person gets killed right away, and then a gun gets drawn on the character, and you're like, okay. Then it cuts to, back to the hey house hunters type show and stuff and and all this stuff and you go all right that's gonna be the end of the movie isn't it and sure enough it is but before we Mm -hmm. go into that um the uh i did i did really enjoy the like a lot of times during i like i like found footage of movies if they're done right Unfortunately, most mm-hmm. are not done right because it's right. someone going, hey, I got this new camera. Well, what does this do? And then you f- see them fucking around with the camera for a long time. They uh, had very small aspects where they're showing her how to use it. Yeah, but, but that's fine because it's but like it's it's not everyone just going, look at I'm abu-. like when you because we, we all been there when we first got our first camera, like we're zooming in on things and look at this. I hate that in movies when they just like that's the first ten minutes of the movie. Like, oh, what's mm-hmm. going on? So this one, it's like these guys that work on the camera. They already like know how to use this shit, so they just go, all right, and then and then you kind of jump right into what's going on. And I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, because it's not, I mean, it's still a found footage film, but it's yeah. actually shot by people who know what they're doing. Yeah, but and, and it's not like them going, oh, it's relatable because they don't know how to use a camera either. And just, you know, stuff like that. So, like, a lot of the shots are actually really good because you go, you go, oh, they're camera people. They know how to handle TV shows. So that was, like, the, the thing right away that made me go, all right, that's pretty cool. That's that's a good, uh, fun time. Um, uh, but, yeah, like, then I was noticing, like, symbolism throughout the movie quite a few times. And some, like, stuck out like a sore thumb. So I was like, ah, see there, see there. Because there's a lot of frog stuff in the movie. If you notice yeah. that, and uh-huh. there's one point where she's like, the girl is just standing by a bookshelf, and then there's like a book on frogs, is kind of like sitting there, but like angled, so you saw it. I'm like, okay, yeah, we get it. Frogs, there's frogs everywhere. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, when they when they finally got to that part at the end where they like, this is where we started. I didn't know how much movie that we had watched, and didn't know how much was left. So when it continued on beyond that point, I was like, oh, shit, this is different. Because usually that's the last thing you the first thing you see and then the last thing you see in a horror movie like this. Because like this is where they die and that's where they find Mm -hmm. the footage. But then it goes on for Mm -hmm. another like 15 minutes. And I did not expect that ending to happen at all. Right. (laughs) And I was like, holy shit. And it like it blew me away in that aspect because I was like, all right, we're going, we're going along this way and it kind of ups a little bit here and down a little bit here, up and up and down and stuff. But then my expectations were like, at, at that point, I'm like, all right, that's going it, to, it's going to end this way. And then all that shit happened. I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> it like knocked me out of my, uh, my expectation zone. That was great. But I mean, I liked all the characters. Like they all got like, they all had their own personalities that I really enjoyed and they didn't seem like fake at all. But so I, I don't know. There's a lot of fun stuff that I really liked about this movie. Like I was actually, I think this is probably my highest rated, uh, pre re movie. So I, out of curiosity, I typed in Doina uh-huh. and there's a change dot org. Uh, petition to get Doina in America. Okay. And it shows a picture from this movie. What? Like, yeah. And it's like this fake petition to get Donald Trump to bring Doina to uh, the American market. That's funny. I mean, it's a, and then like at the bottom, it's like, oh, it goes to the Facebook page for this movie and go to iTunes and Netflix and stuff. But mm. <laughs> like, I was like, what? There's a petition for it. That's funny, because uh, <laughs> like I think on the website, on their website or something like that, whatever. Kristen was reading it, but they're like, what is Doina? You guys never see what it is. And like, we assume, like the filmmakers, are like, well, yeah, we assumed it's kind of like this kind of. Like almost like a yogurty custard bar, or or whatever, or some something like that, like a white chocolate type. It looks like chocolate, yeah. Yeah, we're like they're like yeah, we we really didn't think about it much, but we we figured it should be something like this. It's probably something like this, or tastes kind of like this. I'm like that's kind of funny. <laughs> it says Doina is most definitely a candy bar, and doesn't taste half bad. <laughs> 
according to the trivia of this movie. <laughs> That's funny. But uh, what'd you give but, the yeah, movie? Yeah, I oh yeah, I enjoyed this movie. Um, I gave it uh, eight and a half. All right, I gave it an eight. So it's still half a point behind you. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but no, I was, I was... Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised by this movie. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like still this... a lot of questions I have, but that's right. I really enjoyed the scene where they're in the bar. And yeah. Then, and then, like, uh, I hear what, he, what instrument was he playing? Was it, oh, was yeah. it a violin or something, or...? I forget. I don't remember it, now. I remember the yeah, and like that that part, and they're like the they're just like everyone hates them for being interlopers in their town, and then they start like just buying drinks and dancing uh-huh. the music and some of that. I'm like, it, I, I really enjoyed that scene, and then the host who's always like you always see her like making out with someone or having sex with someone in the barn or whatever and stuff <laughs> like that. I'm like that was kind of funny, but um, oh yeah, it was it was a good one. Okay. So the best movie I watched oh, this yeah. month was Jojo Rabbit with an eight and a half. The best one I watched was They're Watching with eight. And then my worst movie of the month is Conquest of the Planet of the Apes with a six. Worst of mine was Howling Four, the original Nightmare with a four and a half. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. Now so, we get the next movie. Now this movie, the name sounded familiar, but I had never seen it. Uh, so I was at the used video store, so I picked it up. Um, it was two dollars. So, and then apparently when Uh-oh. I brought when I brought it home, I lost picture. What? I lost your picture. I'm still here. I know. Cancel. Uh oh. Is it back? There you go. Okay. I. All I, right. I wanted to be able to see really good, and I could. So I full screened it, and then it went white. <laughs> oh, um, but then I brought it home, and Kristen apparently has already seen this movie. So that's funny to me because she doesn't really watch horror movies. But the movie is called Ah Zombies. I like turtles. Yeah, <laughs> um, I probably it's it's playing it's on Amazon Prime. Um. I suppose I probably could have, I should have screenshot the na- the video. It's ah with three A's and one H. Okay, I'll find it. Um, but yeah, this is a so on the cover, it's like a sort of a yellowish cover, and you see a boy and a girl who look like zombies, but they're kind of posing <laughs> like, the, like the kid who likes turtles. <laughs> but they're kind of like sitting there, and uh, like sort of like a romantic. It feels like the cover is almost like a they're in a pose of like a nineteen fifties like ad mat ad in a magazine like oh try Clearcell or whatever like they're just kind of holding each other like smiling and on the tagline at the bottom of the front page says zombies are people too so uh, it's a it's a, a horror comedy okay it's a genre. Uh, you know what this cover reminds me? What's that? That one uh, bearing the X. The cover reminds you of that? Yeah. Okay. Well, because it looks like they're a couple, but they're zombies. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Now, 
Like she, the girl, I should say, reminds me of during the X for some okay. reason. Uh, all right. Yeah. So, it, apparently, it's the winner of a Scream Fest Audience Award, winner of the Zompire Fest Audience Award, Beverly Hills Film Festival Audience Award, and Festivus Film Festival Best Picture. So it has some indie indie uh, ties to it. It only came out two thousand ten, so it's somewhat recent. Um, I don't know. What do you think? I'm thinking that this is um, there are a couple of zombies. Okay. Uh, a boyfriend and girlfriend that are both zombies, but uh, society hates them because they're not human. They're dead. So they get like shunned and it's them trying to cope with living in a society that does not appreciate zombies. So it's kind of like a, a parallel to uh, like gay couples, but instead they're zombies. Okay. So we're following the, the this couple that are trying to live in a world and be a couple that are also happen to be zombies. All right. And everyone hates them. Because they're people too, Scott. Yeah. Zombies are people too. I. That's. I the way the picture is, it, it looks like yeah, it looks like they're in relationship. Um, my take on it is, I'm going to assume it's sort of like a romantic comedy love story, mm-hmm. where uh, two zombies are trying to find true love in a world full of humans and zombies. But obviously, since they uh, are zombies, like going on dates and stuff is hard for them because no one, everyone's afraid of them. That's what I'm going to go with. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. That's Oz Zombies. It looks like this is a... According to the disc and the sticker on it, it looks like this used to belong to a family video. So, that'll give you a little bit of a understanding. <laughs> it's 5.1 surround sound. Uh, I don't know. But yeah, so that's uh, that's our month for August. Uh, if you have any questions or comments or su- suggestions or anything, email me at stuffbyscott at gmail.com. That's S-T-U-F-F-B-Y-S-C-O-T-T at gmail.com. Anything else you want to say? Nope, just that's a wrap. Oh, it's a wrap. <laughs> This is a Scott Does Stuff podcast.